We want to welcome every single one of you today uh, to another Keep Calm Advent On conversation. Uh, by, by the way, um, only because I want to make emphasis on this, guys. Um, but here we are, right? Today is Friday, March 26th. 2021 AD, Anno Domini, year of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we're doing today. Right? We are celebrating March 26, which means a year past the pandemic, right? I think two weeks past a year, the anniversary of the pandemic. Uh, and, and, and we're here again. We're here and ready to have another conversation. Uh, by the way, my name is Pastor Mitch. Today we have Pastor Martin. We have Andrew as well. I was going to say we have the whole team jam, but we, Jason, where are you, Jason? I, <laughs> hey, Jason, if you're watching us, man, come on. We got, we, we're missing you right now. We, uh, we need you. Uh, but uh, Andrew, Martin, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, brother. I think Andrew's uh, muted. Um, at least uh, uh, I'm doing. I just muted you. There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy to be on. Um, one more. One more. Keep calm. Hey, I was gonna say that. Hey, it's, it's only so so long that you can continue to do this anniversary thing, Mitch. It's gonna. It's I'm, gonna, I'm, 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 can, I'm gonna how, how far are you gonna push this? I'm gonna try to push it. I don't. I think I'm gonna push it until Whoa. there is no more pandemic. So I'll be like, hey, 37 weeks. It no, I after. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? But for sure, though, for sure, I we do have to be in a celebrative celebrative mode because hey, we're live. We're live. We're well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and and we we keep in memory all those who have passed, but we are thankful with the Lord that we are here. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm uh, just excited are, about it. Hey, uh, we are alive. We are well, but are we immortal? Well, that's 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 what we're about to find out today, <laughs> right? Uh, but anyways, so today we are live currently on Facebook and on YouTube. So if you're watching us on Facebook, you're watching us on YouTube. Welcome once again. Thank you for joining us live. Uh, we appreciate uh, your your support. And here we are. We're just you know we're just trying to bring some interesting conversations to you, but conversations that we think are going to be important for your life. Again, these are the conversations that matter the most. Now you may not think this conversation is as important. But I promise you, by the end of this conversation, you're going to see why it is so important because it definitely is. Um, but uh, if for those of you who uh, who did not see the post, that's totally my fault because we kind of came in late with the post as of what the conversation is today. Uh, but today, our title for the conversation is No Nothing Souls. Actually, you could read that in three different ways. I don't know if you guys saw that. Are you yeah, going to read it? I was as, trying to see how, 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 do, how are you trying to read it? I was like, I didn't know which way to read it. Yeah, yeah. So you could read it as no, nothing souls, as nothing souls know, or as souls know nothing. All right. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> eventually uh, they were going to get to the point where, where it's souls know nothing. <laughs> souls know nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, but, anyways, no, nothing souls. And, and then we're, we're just going to try to figure out what exactly that means. And uh, we hope that it's going to be a blessing for you. Uh, but we want to jump straight into it. Before we do, though, again, if you are watching us live, share this conversation with someone. Uh, hit that share button, right? If you are watching us on YouTube, you can hit that that subscribe button. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can hit the like button. I think. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't yes, do Facebook. Like and share. Like. Oh, and like share. and share. There we go. Okay, so share and subscribe on YouTube and share and like on Facebook. Yeah, they can oh, like the uh, page, and they could they could like the stream, and they can share the screen the stream. Well, you you can't tweet right there. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> Are we going on Twitter next? I don't know. I, I hey, uh, and and we do want to just give a shout out to all those who are watching us live at the moment. Uh, and if you are watching us live, send us a comment. We can read it here, whether on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, Michelle is sending us a East Coast and West Coast Happy Sabbath. Oh, nice. that's what she said. Nice. That is, you know, we're 
we're cross nation right now. Okay. Uh, Martin right. on the East coast, Andrew, and myself, uh, like about five minutes away on the West coast. <laughs> uh, so, <Stay> so sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But anyways, um, so here we go. All right, let's, let's go ahead and we're going to start this conversation. And, uh, Andrew, do you mind leading us in this opening prayer for today? Oh, this, uh, this farhead. Dear Lord and heavenly father, Lord, um, uh, we just come before you, Lord. Uh, well, I wouldn't say tonight, but uh, as we're entering into your Sabbath, Lord, we just ask that um, you would open the hearts and open the minds of our hearers, Lord. You know, um, sometimes when we talk about this topic, it's uh, one of those topics that we think we've heard over and over again. But Lord, uh, now that we're going to open into the topic of the immortality of the soul, um, in studying, we've seen how many what it could influence uh, uh in our in our worldview and lord uh at this time i just want to ask that um that whatever we may speak lord that it may be truth that it may be according to your word lord and that um we may see the influences and and, and if we have to change our view whatever it may be lord that it may be according to your will lord we just ask Amen. that um you would be with us now that you would fill us with your spirit lord uh and that you may take over now we ask all this in your name i pray Amen. 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 Uh, Andrew, appreciate that prayer. And then once again, uh, to all those who are watching us live, we got Arturo Ramirez. I think I think I know I think I know who that is. Uh, anyways, for, the, for those who don't know, Arturo Ramirez is actually our, our father-in-law uh, because Andrew and myself are married to sisters. So, uh, but anyways, uh, it, it's good to see him live. And again, if you are watching us live, share it with someone because someone is going to benefit from this conversation. It's going to be a blessing for someone. It was definitely a blessing for me as we were prepping for this conversation. All yeah. right, guys. Hey, let's jump into this. But, you know, as we normally do on Keep Calm, we try to begin with what people normally see as the soul, right? Uh, what, what modern day feeling is because we want to be able to situate this. Why in the world would we talk about this, right? That's kind of the idea. Who cares about this topic? Well, we care about it because this is something that you see in pop culture, like it's represented out there. And I, I want to begin by asking you guys just kind of out of what you see day in and day out or what you've seen in the past. Um, how do people see the soul? How do people imagine the soul? And, and if you're watching this live, we want you again, these questions apply to you as well. So let us know what, what you see in pop culture and media and videos and, you know, maybe in stuff that you've heard out and about, how do people imagine the soul? What, what, what are you guys thinking about that? Go, go, Andrew. I'll let you All go right. first, then I'll jump in. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, I, I might have a little bit too much information for you guys. Uh, uh, information overload with so man. I honestly, I didn't think I would be as interested as I was going into this topic. And when I started, the more I started studying on this topic, you know, because you know, we all have that. You know, we do the superficial. You know, we know the basics, right? But the more you go into it, it's like wow. Some of the things that people think about the soul, it just uh, it it, it boggled, not only boggled my mind, but it was it was interesting. It was fascinating. Uh, one of the I found several uh, different things, you know, whether it was through videos or or things, uh, articles that I found. Uh, it says I found uh, an article where it said that a man uh, he was a doctor, Doctor Duncan McDaggle. I don't even know how if that's how you say it. He was a physician in 1907, right? Okay. And, and he's a physician in 1907, and. In, in this experiment to find out what the soul was, he experimented on six different people and saw them pass away. All six of those people. He was there when they were passing away 
And what he did was he was weighing them as they passed away to see what left them when they died. In, in essence, hey, this, to see what did the soul weigh. Was this legal? <laughs> I don't know. But apparently in on his six different subjects that he saw pass away, yeah. only one of them that he weighed actually got lighter. 21 grams lighter. Oh, so in wow. his conclusion, as a physician, he, you know, it's it's a pretty interesting uh, theory that he says that the soul weighs about 21 grams. And I thought okay. that was so fascinating. And then if you look at, uh, I was actually looking at what scientists think about that whole theory. Obviously, sure. many of them dis discounted that because sure. of the repeatability of, of, sure. of that experiment. And also the fact that, I mean, only one of those actually sure. you know sure. uh turned out the way he he thought so but it's an interesting thing to think that a soul has weight i thought that was i thought that was interesting that's fascinating that's fascinating more and more what about you what have, what have you seen out and about in pop culture media modern day thinking about the soul well i mean there's different uh ideas but i think the one that we can usually see okay in halloween there are ghosts right this mm -hmm. uh i don't even know what to call it uh but this uh grayish ghostly appearance right that that's how some movies or even how some sure. people even describe it sure. um or the soul being uh this life force that's in you right mm. um from even in in, in for example there are people that don't believe that there's a soul mm. that don't believe that that you know we just live and we die and and that's it you know and and, and there's nothing after you know, so if there's nothing after, there's nothing here to keep sure. keep living because there are people that believe that the soul is immortal, right? That sure. the body dies and the soul keeps living on. Or my favorite, the ones that uh, believe in in that the soul's immortality is actually done through reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. And they can tap in into their past lives mm -hmm. and yeah. and and you know. Uh, or the other ones where we have people that go to seances and they talk to the mm -hmm. souls of the dead or or we don't hear the souls of the dead. We hear the the souls of the ancestors. Right. Sure. Um, right. Which uh, um, I've always been a fan of a lot of uh, um, correct me if I'm politically politically correct um, of a lot of uh, Native American culture. Sure. And how there's this reverence towards the ancestors and this yeah, dependence yeah. on the guidance of the ancestors yeah, the and guides. yeah, the spirit guides and, and the animal guides. But there's, there's this essence, this force, this power that guides the living in their path. Yeah. You know, and even when they die, it guides that individual to whatever the next phase in uh, mm -hmm. the next phase is. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting to say, I'm going to fall right what you're saying, Martin, because um, I feel that it's always kind of been imagined the same way. Hmm. And that's the idea that the soul is something that lives inside your body or that something that's inhabited or, or so, so, something that inhabits your body. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of have this, this dualism, which, which for the record, that's kind of where it comes from. You're already I, going I, into I, dualism. There's just no other way of describing it. It's, it's, the, it's the right word, but this dualism, right? So you have the body and the soul, or sometimes the words are interchanged, the body and the spirit, and that's what basically you are made out of. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to bring this out because, uh, you know, Martin is here. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people picture the soul kind of like a Doctor Strange type of movie. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. it gets, or even, or for example, for, 
we grew up on like stuff like video games, right? Like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it, yeah. and one of the one of the scenes or one of the characters, he removes the soul. And yeah. when he removes the soul, uh, it's like a, a a photocopy of who we are. Sure. Sure. And you can kind of see that same line of thinking in films and sure. and and TV shows, right? Uh, um, which I think that's where we it really affects how we how we see the soul. Like in the case of Doctor Doctor Strange and that whole yeah. idea of of this metaphysical uh, essence, right, that comes out right. of us. That right. you look right. at your at your physical body, but you're it's 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 weird. It's two sides. Yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah no a dual Exa view exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like it, it's kind of represented in the exact same way over and over again. And uh, you kind of picture the whole idea of ghosts because ghost and soul are, are very related. Mm -hmm. And how many times have we seen maybe in cartoons, maybe not so much now, I don't know, I don't watch cartoons, but uh, back when I was a kid, you know, there was always this idea of like the graves, right? Um, you got the tombstone, you got the grave. And then, you know, on a certain given night, on Halloween night, this, this ghostly thing comes out of the grave well, what's happening there, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and and again, it's this uh, this this modern idea of like, uh, uh, or, or you you also see it like when someone dies. I I, I believe that I, I want to say that the last time I saw something like this was like a Ben and Jerry cartoon, <laughs> yeah. um, where like one of them dies. Wait, and then Tom and Jerry, oh, Tom, Tom and Jerry, Jerry. Tom ben and Jerry. And Jerry. I, was, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. Is it Ben hey. and Jerry? I'm like. He's uh, of ice cream. <laughs> two, two things here. This is this tells you how far apart I am from it. And I, yes, I am thinking of ice cream. Uh, but but no, yeah. So Tom and Jerry. And so you get this idea of like he dies, and then all of a sudden this the spirit of him comes out. And right, it's this photocopy, mm -hmm. right? Uh it's it's the person kind of looking the same way, just transparent. Mm -hmm. And these are these are, I think, modern representations of of how we picture the soul. That that you know we have to challenge and we have to check. What, what were you gonna say, Andrew? Yeah, no, I, I wanted to add a, a couple of different ones, but before even that, I just wanted to acknowledge the the comments that we have. We have a prayer and the thumbs up from Maria Ramirez. Yes. Know. <laughs> and then uh, we have right there. Uh, I think Martin, you would know, of course, Blanqui Celaya, which says, "Feliz uh, Sábado, Pastor Mitch, Andrew, Martin, uh, bendiciones a cada uno de ustedes." There you but, go. And you know what? Throw and it out there. Look, and, let, and let's not ignore also, we got Desiree live as well, saying happy Sabbath, everyone uh, on YouTube. And we got this dude named Martin, who's... Uh, dude named Martin. You know, just, yeah, some, some dude named Martin. <laughs> I was just uh, responding to a, a, a hello. Yeah, and he's, he's out there saying happy Sabbath. Anyway, no, no, I got you. I got you. What were you going to say, Andrew? What? No, no, I wanted to share a couple of more interesting thoughts about the soul, because I thought this was fascinating. It really, it really did fascinate me. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, read into what the Egyptians thought about the soul. It was so interesting the, the the Egyptians actually believed that the soul was not located in the brain or, or in the mind. Like mo most anybody you think consciousness, mind, brain, everyone goes there. They mm. actually believed that the soul was in the heart. And so mm. that's why you have this idea of mummification. See, so this idea of the immortal soul affects what they think. That's why the pre preservation of the organs. And actually, mm. something gross that I that I found out is that they they would actually take the brain out through the nose because yeah. they didn't think that was anything, sure. right? Sure. But there was this this idea of preservation of the organs, including the heart, because that was what they were trying to you know uh, communicate sure. that immortality, sure. which I thought was so interesting. Well, I think uh, it, I think you could uh, also yeah. see that same uh, type of thinking even with the like the Mayans and the Aztecs, 
that when they would when they would have the sacrifices of people, right? They didn't remove the head, they removed the heart, you know, and they would sacrifice the heart, you know, or in some or even in some cultures, they would eat the heart because again, uh, going back to some of the way how some of the Native Americans did, they would eat what would would give them power. In this case, what would give you the mm -hmm. max power over the, uh, your enemy or over someone would be the heart where the soul was located in. Yeah, you know what though? It, but it is interesting because you brought up you brought up mummification, and in fact, I think I, I actually I'm trying to think of a culture that maybe did not believe that outside of Scripture, but there was always this idea of like passing on to the world of the dead, mm -hmm. right? And so you would die, and basically it's this the same concept of like it 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 you your body gets left behind and something else continues that would be the soul because the greeks had this idea as well in greek mythology you see that right and and and, and essentially you would bury somebody or whether you would burn them or whatever but generally if you would burn them you would also put two coins right on their eyes and the reason why is because you needed the to boatman. pay the ferryman right and mm -hmm. the ferryman was going to send you over to hades which was the world of the dead mm -hmm. and so there was again this constant thing of uh, uh, something that i think that'll be repeated many times today this idea of when you die, you continue in a sense living, right? There is like this immortality that follows you, which we, we have to just off the top say doesn't quite fit with the narrative of scripture, right? It, it doesn't quite go with what scripture says, but go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm filled with these. A couple more because I thought this was, this is, we're talking about, you know, in the past, there's now, there's some ideas that are coming now to science, right? Because, you know, there's, there's two there's either two avenues that you end up with, right? The spiritual realm, you know, and you and you go into that the supernatural realm, or you go to what some sometimes the modern day, which is science, science, and how can we? They're trying to uh, reconcile the two, the soul with science, right? And uh, I, I was actually seeing this. There was this, actually this lady uh, that uh, had a near death experience. I don't know, you know, and, and she, she, now after her near death experience. That's all she does. She has become a doctor. She's studied countless near-death experiences, right, and come up with the, with uh, you know what she saw, what she felt, right, and has come up with the conclusion that the soul is an energy, right. That was her conclusion, right. Yeah. Uh, another doctor uh, that I was seeing, right, after many of his years, uh, um, he said that he see, he thinks that the closest thing that we have to uh, finding out uh, uh, more about the soul is the link between. Uh, uh, us and, and anesthesia, how anesthesia works, you mm. know, because it is not the same as sleep, right? So, yeah. so there's all, all these ideas. Uh, another one that I saw, this is the last one I have, is that there was a study of a doctor, right, on uh, children versus adults, how there uh, there becomes a moment in a child's life where they become self-aware. Mm -hmm. And their idea is that until they become self-aware, that's when they're most closest to the soul because there's more brain activity before self-awareness, which is, which yeah. was like, so there's all these <laughs> yeah. ideas. I'm like, man, this is so fascinating how people come up to these conclusions. Right. And, and it's either you go to the, the supernatural or, or, or you go to, you know, you, uh, try to explain things with science. And we right. know from the Bible, it's just clashes. Sure. Well, let's jump into that. Um, so the, the million dollar question is uh, ultimately we know what, and and many of us, I think, could come up with other examples of how you see this modern day representation of the soul. But this is kind of the question, right? What what ultimately does the Bible say about the soul? And in fact, how does 
what the Bible say about the soul differ to many of these uh, either modern or ancient ways of thinking about mm -hmm. the soul. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I'm going to kind of jump into this real quick because I just kind of want to get the technical side out of it. Don't want to get too technical for a second. Uh, but generally you'll have two words in the Bible that are, that are translated as soul. Generally, mm -hmm. you're going to have the word nefesh in Hebrew and you're going to have the world see the, the word seek it, right. Uh, where we kind of get the psychic. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, it, it's, I, was it's, like, I was like, Suche? I don't claim to, be, to know Greek or Hebrew or anything. Yeah, exactly. But but no, um, aside from the pronunciation, the main thing is what it what they mean, right? Yeah. And the funny thing about when whenever we read scripture, and I think this is very important that everybody that's watching us understands, is that the New Testament is based on the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, the New Testament writers are essentially Jewish writers that 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 their whole world was shaped upon Jewish understanding that is reflected in the Old Testament. And so nefesh is really the key word here, right? And that's what you see essentially in Genesis chapter 2 when God creates Adam and makes him into a living being. That, that word mm. there is nefesh. But what's weird about the Old Testament is that the word nefesh essentially means throat. Okay. It literally means throat or neck. And you say, well, what, well, what does that have to do with anything? Right? Well, I think about it right They're They're trying to use terms to express something that they cannot see that we cannot see yet either. Right. Uh, we, we just kind of have an understanding of it, but if you're going to check, if someone has died, where would you check? You would check the throat. Now, generally speaking though, the throat is important because that's where you could take the life out of a man right out of a really room. simple way okay? yeah. yep and 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 you would basically if if you want to do this and this is not a lesson on how to kill somebody yeah, but yeah, you guys yeah. all know this okay Don't give too much description <laughs> full disclosure here right but but the idea is you are you are either cutting the blood from them which is the difference between putting someone to sleep or the actual ability to breathe which is which is what will kill someone right mm -hmm. uh in in basic terms in layman's terms and so they kind of had this idea of the throat representing that area of life, mm. right? This isn't working. You're dead. Cut off someone's head off. You'll cut it off on the throat area. They're dead, right? And so it represented <clears throat> an extremely important part. And so you'll see many times in the Old Testament, this idea of nefesh as throat or neck. But what it's really trying to represent is something that's alive, specifically a living human being. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's almost a representation of breath, right? It's a representation of something that breathes, that is alive, that is breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's even a representation of appetite, uh, of desire. And so the, the word means a lot of things. Like there's a lot that we can say about this, but just at, at a basic term, whenever you see, uh, Genesis, for example, Genesis 19, 20, it talks about the soul. Hey, that way my soul will live. The word that's used is nefesh. And the idea, again, is this concept of, oh, yeah, life. Okay, so that represents life as an entire human being. Not a, not a thing that is part of the body, but a thing that includes the body as well. What, what say you guys? What, what have you guys seen as to what the Bible says about the soul? Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty pretty much the same thing that you were saying. I was actually looking into these two words. I have some, some verses to kind of just... Uh, support what you were saying but uh, i found right here the the soul right uh nefesh or i don't know what psyche would you say psyche or, psyche, or yeah, sure. i don't know psyche says yeah. refers to the totality totality 
of the person as a center of life or emotions, feelings, and longing, longings that can be fully realized only in the union with God. Now we have Judges 12, 3, which says, So when I saw that you would not deliver me, I took my nefesh, life, in my hands and crossed over against the people of Ammon, Ammon and the Lord delivered me into, the ha- into my hand. Right? Uh, in Ezekiel 18, 4, we have the word psyche, which it says, For everyone belongs to me, the, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one psyche or person who sins is the one who will die. Mm. Right. And obviously Genesis 2, 2, 7, right, which I think is key, says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul, living being or, or creature. Right. Different different translations. I think this, yeah. uh, this last verse, Genesis 2, 7, I know you mentioned it, Mitch. Is key in the fact that it is the formation of the dust with the breath of life that comes from God that makes the soul or makes the living being. Right. And we're going to talk about this. I, I know in the future where where we mm-hmm. separate the two. Right. Where we, we, we take the carnal or we take. Uh, and that's where we get these ideas of the uh, of soul and, yeah. and immortality. But can, I think can, it, it, it's important and, and it's important I to. to to note that it is the two combined, right? You can't have one without the other. Can we can we say something about Genesis 2, 7 as well? You will notice that when scripture, and I'm reading from the New King James, but, and man became a living being, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this word that is, that is translated as soul in many other places, it's not that humans have a soul. It's that humans are. Are a soul, and that and that's the very first concept of what he. In fact, we're talking about biblical anthropology, essentially, right? Human anthropology according to Scripture. What do we understand as humans? Where do humans come from? What does it mean to be a human? And this is a, again Genesis two seven is a very important text because again you get this idea that that the soul is actually something that we are, not that we have, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. it it composes everything that we are. Go, go ahead, uh, uh, Martin. Um, I think also what we need to do when it comes to us getting a fuller understanding of what the Bible says on a certain subject, it's nice to actually look at different, uh, compared what different Bibles, how different Bibles translate the word. For example, I have a text here, uh, Psalms 146 verses four, verse four, Mm -hmm. actually verse three and verse four, it says, do not put your trust in princes, um, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs. He returns to his he returns to his earth in that very day his plans perish off of, right off the top the the bible tells you two things number one his spirit leaves his plans stop okay mm-hmm. if we just take the bible based on what it says for people to for people to be guided that as in the spirit leaves and because of its unfinished business right it still hangs out that goes contrary to what the word says that if let's just say if there's a, a spirit right it says look his plans perish there is no i'm going to hang out until i get my 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 affairs in order and then i'm going right. to move on to the next right, phase right right, right you know right. um but if we compare to other texts here for example um check this out this is the berean study bible this is the young literal translation this is the holman christian standard and i'll finish with the american standard bible and this is the same verse said in those different ways. When his spirit departs, he returns to the ground, and that very day his plans perish. Right? Not, not that much of a difference. Sure. 
when his spirit goes forth, he returneth to the earth. In that day, his thoughts perish. Mm. All right. Um, the comments, when his breath leaves, right, um, mm. Mm. he returns to the ground. On that day, his plans die. And mm. then the last one, uh, um, uh, the American Standard Bible, his spirit departs, he returns to the earth. In that, in that day, I'm sorry, in that very day, his thoughts perish. So the Bible gives you this idea like something leaves, all right? And we get two different versions, a spirit or breath. So we got to do a little bit more research on what that is, you know. Um, but we at least one thing is clear in all four of these versions and even in the, in the uh, New King James Version um, is that his plans, her plans, they're done. There yeah. is no continuation. So what does the Bible say about that word that's used, right? Which I think is a word that at least I'm pretty sure you've heard and pretty sure some of our members have heard when a pastor talks about it is this word called ruah, which mm -hmm. I, I'm hope I'm pronouncing right. It's ruah, which is breath right. or wind, right? Or, or uh, let's see, there's, I'm looking at the um, Strong's Concordance. It's, it gives you wind, breath, mind, spirit. All right. But when you read the 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 um, explanations, it says that this breath, this life giving wind. Leaves you. And because it leaves you, your plans, your thoughts. And there's another verse that that we can definitely use. This is in Ecclesiastes uh, nine and six, where it says for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing and they have no reward. For the memory of them is forgotten, as their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in nothing done under the sun. So this is Solomon giving us, I think, as clearly as as the wisest man on earth, right? The smartest sure. guy, the the guy who, when when he received, uh, what do you want uh, from me? You know that God asked him. He asked for wisdom. Right. And here tells them this man is saying that the dead know nothing and everything that they felt is done. And I think that really piggy, piggy, piggybacks well with what well his father wrote in, Gen in Psalms 146 verses yeah. of uh, three and four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to say something to piggyback off what you were saying, uh, Martin, something that just came to my mind. Uh, can, can you read that lap, last part of that of that verse that you just read right now? Uh, of which, you know, Ecclesiastes or or, or Psalms? Uh, Psalms, I believe it was the Psalms, the last one. I, I think the last one you read was Ecclesiastes, though. Oh, Ecclesiastes. Oh, okay. okay. Where it says, um, this is Ecclesiastes 9, verse 6. Also, their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything under the sun. The, the, the interesting thing that caught me, that brought my, to my attention, uh, nothing under the sun, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's David or Solomon that writes that, but there's another text. Where he uses that, uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys can correct me. Was it David or, or Solomon? That, that says nothing that? new under the sun. Yes, there, he said that's, where he says that's Solomon. Yeah, where he says there's nothing new under the sun. What what has been will be again. And mm -hmm. if you combine that to with the ending of that verse, right? Well, when when he says what there's nothing new under the sun, what has been will be again, right? But in this verse, he's saying once their life is gone, there there will be nothing mm -hmm. under the sun. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like he's using that same frame of thought to continue on to something, you know, as to say there they cease to be. Right. And then just from a logical perspective, we take the two of uh, what you were saying, you know, if we believe that the soul 
it's just the breath of God, then it can continue being. But if there is a physical body, right, or the dust and the breath of God that are two, when you remove one, it just ceases to be like you were saying. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, but again, it's this it's this concept that the soul is all encompassing. Um, in fact, there were, there were these interesting notes that I wanted to share with you guys, um, regarding the soul, uh, you know, uh, animals can be souls. I don't know if you guys have ever read Genesis 120, but literally where it says living creatures, it, it, the actual word is living soul. Living soul. Yeah. yeah. Living souls. Right. Um, but the souls can weep. Souls can be taken captive. Souls can be baptized. Souls can die as we're going to see in a second. Every single one of these or, or not every single one of them, but what we see more often than not in scriptures that this concept of the soul is basically representative of a living being. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and let's just state what we generally believe SF Day Adventist. Uh, and again, this could be like an entire Bible study in, in and of itself. Uh, but it, what we believe is that the soul is an indivisible uh, unit of three things, right? Which is body, mind, and spirit. And when we mean spirit, we're talking about breath, breath of breath, life. Right? Breath of life. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So, um, because sometimes we interchange the word soul and spirit, uh, you know, just especially in, in, in uh, modern culture. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea is that your body, your mind, that is your thoughts and that living breath in you compose a living being. And that is a soul. Mm. And so when you remove one of those, if you remove your mind, right? Let's just say your 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 mind is gone. You are basically just body that's breathing. That's not necessarily a human. You're being. not living. You're not living. Correct. Um, if you remove uh, the breath of life, your mind will stop working because your body will stop working. Obviously, right? Um, if you remove your body, you have nothing left over. So it is it is this perfect unity of three things that compose a soul. And so, when we talk about the soul. We have to be very specific about this, right? Because what essentially what we're talking about is a living being. Mm -hmm. um, and that is why we say that humans are souls as opposed to saying that humans have souls. Because mm -hmm. when we say that humans are souls, what we're saying is that they are body, mind, and breath of life. Mm -hmm. go, go ahead, Andrew. I don't want you to get upset. So no, no, no. I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. When you and Martin are saying something, it's like, man, something clicks in my mind. You know, <laughs> what you're saying, uh, mind, body, and soul, uh, a quote came to my mind, right? Uh, there is an aspect of this that we do have to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, realize is that there are certain things about this that we just will never be able to put together, right? Fully uh, uh, yeah, fully uh, grasp. And it reminds me of a quote from William Miller that's actually... He's talking about the Trinity. I don't know if you guys ever remember this quote where he says, he says, yeah. tell me how how mind, body and soul come together. And yeah. I will tell yeah. you how Father, Son and Holy Spirit are one. Mercy. In essence, saying if you reverse that, you know, it's saying we're trying to grapple with things that we have limited information on. You know, you know what I'm saying? So in, in, in that we in all this that we're talking about, we still have to remember there there is a limitation to what we can grasp. You know, so that uh, I just wanted to throw that because yeah. it, it came to my mind. No, for sure. For sure. Now, now this is uh, Martin. I, I don't want to cut your inspiration off. If you're going to say something. No, okay. oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I, I still have it here because it, uh, um, it, I think it will connect both with what uh, Andrew said and you mentioned earlier. Okay. Now, now this conversation about the soul, honestly, the more you look at it in scripture, because I want to encourage everybody that's watching us live or will mm -hmm. watch us later to go in there and and look at everything that scripture says about this but the main main problem with with this idea of the soul comes when you ask the question what happens when you die mm -hmm. right 
the moment that you start asking that question, this is when, it, you know, because nobody really cares what the soul is while you're alive. Whatever. I'm a living being. No big deal. But the moment you die, you say, well, okay, well, what happens? And, and now, depending on what you believe about the soul, generally will affect the way you believe about what happens when you die. And so there is always this interesting conversation that happens. And again, full disclosure among Adventists and others for that matter, right? Because we kind of have a very, a very unique perspective, although I don't think it's unique. I think it's what scripture teaches, right? But it's just, it's, it's turned out to be a unique perspective because it's been lost in the process, but here it is, right? The question is, can the soul live forever? Is it immortal? Now, again, I think this de depends on what definition we put on the soul. Mm -hmm. But it's a fascinating question. What happens with when you die? Do you Martin, continue on in immortality or what? Martin has a huge smile, so let it. The reason the reason why I I I I I have this huge smile is because I'm looking at the text in both. This is in both chapter nine. If some if people want to go back and read what Solomon says, he says a lot about the condition of what happens when we die and what happens after. Okay, because in Ecclesiastes five and six. You know, we read what he says, right? That the dead know nothing, that there is no reward, right? Um, their memory is forgotten, right? Their love, everything that they felt is done. Mm. But verse 10, 10, bro, this one says. You, you, it, want, me, you it, want me to put it up on the screen? You want me yes, to put it up? Yes, put it screen? up. Ecclesiastes okay. I, I, 9, verse 10. Now I'm going to put the New King James Version. I don't know what version you're reading. No, this I have the New King James Version. Okay, 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 yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll put it up on the screen just so people uh, can can read it there. Okay, I think. I so think it, it's I think work. it's very important for us to to see what he says. Says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Okay, for there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave where you are going. Mm. So you know what that tells me. Take the day now. Aprovechar en lo que estás haciendo today. Mm. You know, mm. it's because there you will stop when you die. So at least just getting it off, off of what Solomon is saying here, he is telling me, take advantage while you live. Mm. All right. Mm. And this should affect the way we live now. You know, we, we should be the ones telling our loved ones that we love them now, telling our friends that we care about them now, you know, trying to fix those relationships or trying to do you know, the, the, the most that we can with our life now. But what I wanted to share earlier that you had mentioned with this triangle, right? This idea of bo uh, mind, body, and soul. Um, you know, you guys know that, that I used to work in, in, in both uh, the, the surgical in the surgical field in, in, in the hospital. I, I worked in surgery in the surgery center. I worked in the ER and I also worked, uh, had a few times where I worked in the ICU. One of the things no, that is no, Martin. No, Martin. I don't think you've ever told me that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was you know? looking at it like, okay, like, wow. No, okay. no. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's um, crazy. Okay, so so before the Lord called me into into ministry, I worked at the hospital, um, and I worked as an EMT, and I also worked as a as a surgical technician. So I had uh, experience both in the ER, and uh, uh, you know, in the OR, and sure. in the different departments in the hospital. Uh, but one of the ones that you can really see the effect of this idea of what happens not only will you die uh, of, of what happens when you die but also the the state of of what it is of being a living soul right mm. the components mind body and breath of life right i've seen I, I don't know if you have or maybe the people that are listening to us i don't know if they have but i've seen um a comatose patients you know comatose patients that there is no brain yeah. activity yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or the other side, 
that the body, the oh, because they're comatose, the body is on a on a basically on a life support machine. Sure. You know, and I've heard comments from people, from loved ones that say this is not the way to live. They are no longer living. They're just living. Yeah. basically a, a, a body and yeah. that and that is it. You know, um, and if that doesn't give us insight to what the Bible tells us, what equals a living soul, if you remove one part in that equation, you are no longer living. Just like how you explained, Mitch, the fact that you remove the mind, the consciousness of, of the person here and just have the body and the breath, you're nothing. You're basically like a punching bag. There's no, you know, there's no reaction. No yeah. yeah. If you remove the heart or the, the physical body, there obviously can't be no brain there, you know? And yeah. if you remove the breath, it, it breaks down both the mind and the body, you know? So I think it's very, uh, very key what the Bible says about what makes us to be living, you know? Sure. And now when we die, that breath is removed. You know, if we know, if we follow that same type of logic, if we know that we need all three to be an existing living soul and with one of them while we live, that's not living. Imagine in death when the breath no longer is us, when we don't have neither breath, no, neither do we have a, a body. Yeah, you know, yeah. of course, any nothing else is going to is going to is going to continue because the three they, they there's almost like a codependence on, right, on, right. on each one. Martin, you know what? Um, just kind of uh, adding on to what you're saying here, it's interesting because if we're going to ask the question, I know you read some of these texts uh, already. Oh, by the way, by the way, on a side note, we have found Jason. Uh, we we have found Jason. Okay. Uh, we have found Waldo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Waldo. there's been there, there's been a Jason appearance, and uh, and here he is. Look right there. Okay? Hey. hey guys, uh, <laughs> so so uh, uh, Jason had sent us a message saying he got. So that means Jason can answer the questions from here on out. Then. Yeah. No. So mm -hmm. the question the question for Jason was going to be how did the Greeks understand the soul before Scripture, the New Testament? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, but Jason, welcome. Welcome to the conversation. Okay. Hey, so. Guys. Um, the, uh, the, the question, right. About what happens when you die and we've already kind of read the text, uh, uh, Martin was pretty much, you read the main text, right. That talk about what happens when you die. Well, oh, I have a few more. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think we all do nothing, but let's just understand where this idea of the soul actually continues even mm -hmm. beyond death comes from, because that okay. comes really from paganism. Mm -hmm. Uh, it does not come from a scriptural point of view mm -hmm. on the one hand. The second point here is that the Greeks had a huge influence on the third century church. And the Greeks had this idea of dualism, spe specifically platonic dualism, right? Which was this idea that you had the material world and the spirit world. Mm -hmm. And the, the spirit world is the true world. And the material world is the, 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 the imitation world, if I could put it that way. And what's interesting about this is that according to Plato, the idea was that the spirit world is what lives on forever. And, you know, we don't want to get too much into philosophy, but it's, it's very interesting to examine where they came from these ideas. But essentially there was this belief that the soul is trapped within the body. Mm. And later on, when you look at early century Christianity, uh, first century Christianity, you'll see the rise of Gnosticism come in. And, and the Gnostics essentially believe that the true world, the good world, the, the, the world of light is the world of spirit. 
And the idea was to find a way to relieve yourself from the body because the body was sinful and the spirit was perfect. Right. And so you start seeing these concepts, third century Christianity starts joining in with, you know, a modern culture, pop culture of the day. Right. And so these ideas start kicking in. Um, and once we enter into the times of the Catholic church and, and, you know, in the reign of Catholicism, uh, in, in medieval Christianity, you start noticing that this idea is fully adopted. Um, for the record, uh, there's, oh, did I just see that Bible move for the first time in a while? <laughs> coming down, it's coming down. Okay. Um, what, what's, yeah, what's very interesting is that when you look at, uh, medieval Christianity, there is a huge, huge Greek philosophical influence, influence on the theology of the church. Yeah. And so if you are ever wondering why is it, hey, wait a minute, the scripture says that when you when you die, it's done, right? Uh, there, there's no there's no thought, there's no work, there's nothing. The ideas, everything just dies. Well, what, what changed? Well, what changed is that we ended up uh, melding in these ideas hmm. that were not normal from Christianity. That is why we as Adventists believe something different. It's, it's the restorationist, restorationist in us, right, that says go back to Scripture. Um, I think you pointed uh, out it, something that's very key even in the writings of Paul. Yeah. Paul uses certain phrases that were very familiar to the Greeks or at least to the Greek thinking, you know, where it says, you know, I, uh, what is it, the, you know, the removing off this mortal body and putting on immortality, you know, it's, it gives, it, it you know, Paul was really smart in the way the way he spoke to to the people and used their common vernacular mm -hmm. to present the truth of the of, of the gospel. Yeah, so so let's go let's go to this question and uh, and and Andrew, I'm I'm gonna let Jason just kind of kick in here. Okay. The question that we're asking is, can the soul live forever? Is it immortal? So, Jason, what say you? I mean, first of all, like humanity has always been trying so hard to figure that out. Even mm -hmm. up to, to our current generation, mm -hmm. um, science is at, at such an advanced level that there's literally projects called the the soul blueprint project and things like that. Yeah. I mean, if we go back to when they first discovered the the double helix structure of DNA, a lot of scientists took that and and started even more um, disregarding the God into the equation. They mm -hmm. took that as oh, life is really from like from physics. They started trying to use um. DNA as an excuse, the the double helix structure of DNA as an excuse to to say that um that everything is due to physics and not due to God, not that God gave hum, humans life. And um something that's crazy that just popped into my head right now is do you guys know why you guys say bless you when you sneeze? I remembered why uh, that and I forgot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how crazy that's, humans that's, are. It is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, Go for it. Crazy, yeah. This is how crazy humans are. The reason why, now we just say it as a as something, as a formality. But back in the day, people legitly thought due to the bubonic plague, due to so many diseases back in medieval times and before that, they thought mm -hmm. that if you sneeze too much, that was your soul leaving your body. Like mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how intrigued civilizations have been. And humanity has always been trying to figure out if the soul, how long the soul lasts, if it lives on forever. Um, if, if anything, um, I've, I heard this um, from my parents. There's actually this Catholic priest that um, that was telling someone like, oh, like I could save your your sinning husband's soul. You just have to pay me a, a certain mm -hmm. amount. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it's kind of a joke how my parents told me, but it goes. But this is things that actually do happen within the practice of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. um, 
the priest was there praying, something like that. And he told the lady, oh, I have him by his hairs. I'm grabbing his soul by his hairs. And the lady told the, the, the priest, oh, that's not my husband. My husband is bald. <laughs> like, it's kind of a joke, but it goes to show like to what extent like humans really try to push the whole immortality of the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we have, you guys were reading the text. I was listening to you guys, but you guys were reading some of the text. Once we go to sleep, once we die, that's it. Your plans are, your plans die. Your thoughts disappear. Your, your thoughts die. Everything disappears. So the thought of the soul being immortal, when you look at the texts and several texts in the Bible, yeah. it just points to the conclusion that the soul doesn't last. That yeah. you're, that, that once you die, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Andrew, you were going to say something as well in regards to this question. Yeah, no, I kind of wanted to just uh, piggyback off what you were saying about um, the Greek influence uh, uh, in, in, in the whole idea of the mortality of the soul, because um, right after the whole Greek influence at first, uh, you know, and Christianity comes on the scene at that time, uh, 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 Christian scholarship shows that there was only two camps. Either you believed in the resurrection of the dead or you believe in the immortality of the soul. Yeah. But we have come so far now in, in, in modern day where you have these ideas, afterlife, heaven, you know, uh, 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 you know, seeing your loved ones, all these things, mm -hmm. all these different ideas that have been mixed in. Right. And we see it even in Christianity that now we don't know how to separate these ideas and see them for what they are. Right. But um, it, it, it's interesting because that's I was looking at uh, what you were saying, you know, about what the the some of the philosophers uh, uh the greek philosophers thought you know the idea that matter uh, uh the the physical right uh, uh was was in itself evil right and the soul itself was something that was good it, it kind of reminds me of um what the bible says which is in stark contrast to to what we're talking about right in genesis uh one thirty one, it says uh just to fast forward through go through this quickly it says then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Obviously, if we go through the creation, you know, we know that God created both time, right? The seasons, right? And you're given for seasons and for days and for months, right? And that he created humans. He mm. created creatures, right? He created us, right? Which is matter. So this idea that the Greeks had that if they could escape time, which was their idea for, for the Greek philosophers was that time was bad because they were degrading. They seen that we would get old. We got wrinkles as time went by, we were decaying. Right. And, and then when we saw, uh, when they uh, saw the, the body, they saw that some of the basis passions came from that. Right. You know, the sins, the lust, all these different things. So if they in somehow could escape this, right, you were saying this Mitch, right. And that's where they end up with this idea of the immortality of, of, of the soul. But I think it's interesting just right off the bat right here. It mm. says that what God created, he said, not only was it good, it was very good. So he created time and he created matter. He created the physical and the time. So what right from the get go, what the, the Greek philosophers seen as the problem was not the problem. Obviously uh, we have, whoever read the Bible know that sin was, is what was the actual problem. So they were trying to come up with a solution for something that their minds could not grasp. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you see all these, you know, things like Socrates, Plato, some of the, uh, uh, the, the, the different ideas that they have, you know, how did Socrates die? Right. You know, drinking poison. Right. And in his, one of his, and in the statements, right. There's, 
He's saying that that, that you know, when he drinks this poison, he knows that he's going on to a better place. I think he says, I hope that most uh, some of you guys are as brave as I am, mm. I think, in his quote. Yeah. Which is yeah, crazy yeah. because that's what ultimately it comes down to. If the soul is immortal, really, why does this body matter? Why does this life matter? Now, you know? now let me now let me now let me go ahead and just give a couple of uh, additional verses in regards to the question of can the soul live forever? Uh, obviously, if the soul includes body, mind, and breath of life, then at the end the answer would be no, logically, mm -hmm. right? Because when you die, you are no longer a soul. But but there's this idea. For example, Matthew ten twenty eight, Jesus says, "Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul." but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's fascinating because he's saying, look, the soul can be killed. It's not, it's not a immortal in and of itself, which mm -hmm. goes back to what, for example, first Timothy chapter six says that says that they're in God who alone, right? In fact, I'll, I'll read this text. Um, uh, this is verse 15, which first uh, Timothy six fifteen, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who alone has immortality, right? So it's this idea that only God is immortal. Everything else is dependent on him for life or to continue living. Um, and to me, one of my favorite texts is 1 Corinthians 15, because there, when he talks about what happens at the second coming of Jesus, it's a beautiful text, right? He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. This is verse 51. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And notice, it says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. And he says, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, mm -hmm. then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Mm -hmm. And so you see there that he says, look, as humans, we are mortal not immortal. We don't have anything immortal in us. We are 100% mortal. And there is a change that happens to immortality, but that change happens at the sound of the trumpet. That sound of the trumpet is and only is the second coming of Jesus at the moment of resurrection. So I think it's pretty clear that the soul really does not live forever. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are many other things that we could point to, uh, but, but scripture ends up just telling you very clearly, look, no, don't ever think that there's something that keeps going past when you're dead. No, when you're dead, you got to wait for the resurrection. That's, that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Well, I there's mean, a, to add on to that, just go to Genesis, Genesis three, verse 19. If you start reading towards the bottom of the verse and something that we hear a lot, that we've heard a lot in church and it says for dust, you are until, and to dust, you shall return. Dust doesn't breathe. Dust doesn't think. Dust doesn't do anything. Jason, what's interesting is that that text says you are dust. Mm -hmm. there In other words, this is what Andrew was talking about when he said, look, you are matter. In yeah. other words, and you're not something independent that does not, that is not, uh, how do I put it? That is not it created exist on its own. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, mm -hmm. it, you're not something that is outside of creation. You are something that is created. And if you have a beginning, you can have an end, mm -hmm. right? It is not something that just keeps on going and going. Um, yeah, and, go, go and on top of that, oh, no, go for it. No, no go no, ahead, I, Andrew. No, no, I was just going to point to no, you. No, no, yeah. just what you're saying, right? And on top of that, 
then if we believe the soul is immortal, then we are really making out God to be a liar. Because yeah. we go back to the verse that, that, that continues giving, right? What does Satan say to Adam and Eve? You shall not surely die. Mm-hmm. You will be like God, knowing good and evil, mm-hmm. right? And what, is, what does God say after that? After they sin, they said, we must not allow them to continue to eat of the tree of life and live forever. Uh, right. As a matter of fact, I have a quote from Ellen White here. You know, uh, what did she say right here? It says, lost my spot. While, while you find that, Andrew, yeah. um, I, I, I think this kind of opens the, the, the door to this next question, which I think is the most important question of the night, right? Which is, what happens when you believe that the soul lives forever? What happens when you believe that the soul is immortal? How does that change your outlook on God, on life, on eternal life, on your spiritual life here? And I think I think you're kind of going to open that up a little bit because it, it goes back to that original temptation, right? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I found it right here. Uh, a great controversy says, the only one who promised Adam life in disobedience was the great deceiver. And the declaration of the serpent to Eve in Eden, ye shall not surely die, was the first sermon ever preached upon the immortality of the soul. And she even goes on to, uh, in that quote, she says that if they would have let Adam and Eve continue to living forever, sin would have become immortalized, hmm. which is a powerful statement. Can right? I, can I, yeah. Can I ask you guys a question about that? Just, just to what you're saying, uh, Andrew, why do you think? the devil was so concerned about making them believe that lie. Why may, why, why begin with that lie? I, what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, you guys have read the story many times. I, I, I don't know whoever wants to respond on this. I'm, I'm just trying to grab what you're saying right now, Andrew, and, and, you know, ask that question. Why would the devil begin with, you know, no, you won't die. Yeah, um, and, and, it's, and oh yeah, go for it, Martin. No, no, I, I was actually uh, studying about the the fall of man today in a, at a Bible study, and we we looked exactly at at this first great lie, right? That that the devil uh, told Eve. Um, the whole idea behind why the devil was doing this because he wanted to place distrust in the words that God mm. uh, that God had said Adam and Eve, and up to that point, Adam and Eve didn't have a reason why not to believe in God. Why, sure. why not to believe his word? And especially they don't know what death is, you know, so there is no pre- there's no precedent precedent before that. Right. Um, so at least one of the things that I'm thinking, it, the whole idea behind what the devil is trying to tell Adam and Eve and, and the lie that humanity bought is his time is short. He mm-hmm. has a t- he has a, an expiration date. Humanity doesn't. Because they're 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 in obedience, so I'm gonna cause them to uh, not trust in God, and therefore now they su- they will suffer the same fate that I will suffer. Mm. So if I cause them to see that God is keeping something from them, that up to that point God had never kept anything and never keeps anything from us, um, he he makes them. You know, it's the whole quote, misery loves company. So it makes them partakers of the same fate that now, 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 well, now because of sin, we share. But at that point, Adam and Eve weren't sharing. Right. At least that's the reason why he would start there. Because from there, then everything else, everything else, the way you live life, the way you deal with each other, the way you see the world, the way you even see God now, 
um, well, if you believe that you are immortal or that your soul is immortal, there's no need for to receive eternal life from God. Mm. But uh, Andrew, I'll stop Andrew, you're going to say something. Yeah. No, I, I think oh, that's such a, such a that's an interesting question. Why did he start with that? And after, you know, the, the study that I did on this this topic, I can clearly see why, he, why that was the first thing he started with, because there were so many avenues by which he could get people. If we talk about the confusion that he created to the with the church already, if we have an immortal soul, right, all of a sudden what we're talking about, then you believe in, in, in immortal, uh, was it eternal torment. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in eternal torment, then what do you think about God? You think he's an evil God. You don't want that's not a God that you want to that you want to get to know. So what does that do? Creates a barrier for people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. if you uh, uh, there's a quote that I was reading uh, from Ellen White, where, you know, the immortality of the soul would cause you to no longer also think about your health because this is this body it would go back to the whole idea mm. of, uh, of the Greek thinking. Right. The body is evil. Right. So that this this body is evil. So why are we you know, we're. Oh, we only focus on the spiritual. Forget mm. about the body. And how many how many Christian groups today don't have a focus on health? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You see that influence that's inserted. The 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 um, spiritualism, right? All of a sudden, if you're eternal, like you were saying earlier, Mitch, then what leaves that uh, uh, out uh, the out of the question that we can uh, speak to the people that that have already passed away, mm. that are that are that our loved ones can't speak to us. So this deception. Is so deeply in, in, uh, ingrained that we don't even know how far this thing goes. I'm just touching the tip tip of the iceberg as far as how Satan has uh, over what six thousand years manipulated this this idea of yeah. At, to yeah 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 no for sure for sure you know what I just while you were saying that I'm 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 thinking that the devil goes in and says thou shall not die. And it goes back to what his ultimate aim was, mm -hmm. which was life independent of God's sovereignty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of God's rule. So, Hey, how do I convince them that they can live without God? And so it appears that the way that he begins convincing them is by saying, when God says that you shall die, that's not true. You can live on forever without God. Mm -hmm. Now, what's odd is that then what you see in Christianity is the adoption of that lie and just baptizing it and making it into Christian thinking. So in other words, if you don't die and you keep going on forever, something has to happen when you die. Now, look, this seems very logical to me, but it also seems very bad to me. And let me, let me explain what I mean. So if I end up adopting this idea that the soul lives on forever, even after I die, and I'm a Christian, I got to figure out what happens when you die, right? Because then at that point, the soul has to go somewhere and I keep living right through the soul. And, and so, okay, well, if I'm a good person, I go to heaven. If I'm a bad person, I go to hell. What if you're somewhere in between, then you go to purgatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And in purgatory, notice this, because the souls keep living and living and living, right. Then I, as a family member, who I have been told that my brother or my mother or my son is currently now in purgatory, I say, I'm concerned. They're there. They're stuck in the limbo. They cannot make it to heaven. They cannot make it to hell. They're, they're, you know, and I don't want them to make it to hell. What can I do? And so the church went in and said, well, why don't you pay for their salvation? Mm -hmm. Or pray or pray to pray to God or pray this certain amount of, uh, yeah. do this certain amount of things, you know, besides paying uh, that will, 
ease their transition from one place to another. Right. There's an indulgence that you could pay because the souls are there. Now, then that eventually branches off into many other things. Like, for example, if the soul lives on forever, then if you end up in hell, then you are going to be in hell forever. And by mm -hmm. forever, I don't mean forever until you cease to exist. I mean forever and ever and ever and ever. And so mm -hmm. then comes the concept of an eternal torment, mm -hmm. right? A torment that exists over and over again. And now you would ask the question, well, wait a minute. Why would God allow something like that to happen for a soul to be burning in hell forever, forever. and ever and ever? That doesn't seem fair of God. I don't mm -hmm. want anything to do with that God. Boom. Now we got an atheist. Mm -hmm. Right, which so, is one of, one of the biggest biggest things yes. when uh, when you go online and you see these Christian apologists, Christian presenters, right, uh, talk about talk to atheists. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. the big questions that come out, you know, uh, suffering allowed in the world by a loving God, uh, hell, you know, by a loving right, God. Right, it's right. a complete attack on if this exists and if this is eternal, how can God allow that? It, it's 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 yeah, it's and it becomes a fundamentally difficult question to answer if that is what you believe in now mm. let me just change it up real quick and i, I don't want to make this too long but let me change it up real quick can i say something real quick just to yeah. add to what you're saying no no go ahead go ahead yeah add to it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. socrates yeah. quote goes with what you're saying all it says all men's souls are immortal but the souls of the righteous are immortal and divine there you go see mm. and so this idea is just there and again we've adopted this into christianity now check this out now what happens if you do not believe that the soul lives on forever, mm -hmm. that the soul instead is a living being, and that when you die, your thinking, your thoughts, your life as, as a being ceases to exist for the moment, right? Or basically just stops until Jesus picks you up again. Well, now you have to ask yourself, well, what, wait a minute, that, no, the problem of when what happens when you die is already answered in this, nothing until the day of judgment. Now, what happens in the day of judgment? In the day of judgment, you are it is determined whether you go into heaven or you end up at hell. Now, if you end up in heaven, you live eternally because that is the reward for being faithful to God. But if you end up in hell, because the soul is not immortal, right? Because the soul can be killed, then all of a sudden that hell becomes a, uh, a a final judgment, execution of judgment, right? The final castigation over someone. And now, notice this, the person ceases to exist. And God has said, this is right and this is wrong. And God is no longer seen as an eternal tormentor, right? You have seen now as God as the final judge. I'm going to say something right now that's not going to be, you know, too PC, okay? That's not going to be too politically correct, but I don't care, all right? <laughs> Okay, right, we're going to be perfectly correct. <laughs> okay, here it is. I believe that what Seventh-day Adventists believe about the soul and what happens when you die and eternal judgment and hell and heaven as we present it makes much more sense than anything that is presented out there in Christianity. I'm telling you right now, and I don't care who disagrees with me at this moment, but it is logically, logically more in line with, with what the Bible teaches than with anything else. There, I've said my spiel. Go ahead. I mean, you're. I don't know why you're saying like it's not politically correct. It's more like someone's not going to like hearing that because that, that means Jason, Jason, the Bible, and that, that's that's yeah. the issue yeah. now. There's yeah. so many people trying to to make it their own way to make it. Oh no, I don't believe my soul lasts like like I don't believe what the Bible is telling me when we know that the Bible is telling nothing but the truth. 
Sure. Now, if you don't want to believe it, if you want to go up and make make up the fact that you have purgatory, oh no, um, that the um, I don't know, even up to the point of rapture. If you want to make up things like that, then go for it. But the Bible's not going to change. Well, Jason, Jason, look, the thing is that the Bible is no longer politically correct. Can can we agree on that? Okay, and even among Christians. And even among Christians, what what is uh, what is Andrew's uh, favorite quote? Uh, something oh, like uh, the mo- the moment that we become what is it? The moment that we become more biblical, or what is oh, it? Oh no, that's Gio. Gio. I stole Gio's quote. Oh, what is it? What is it? People are all everyone's Christian until we become biblical. Until we become biblical. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I I get it. I get it. I, hey, I shout out to Gio. Shout out, shout out to Gio. Yeah, we we miss him today. Here we go. I look. I I'm I don't care about being politically correct. I care about being right. Right now, with that, I'm not saying that I hate my brothers and sisters who don't believe in it, the, the same thing that I do. I love them and I care for them. But I let's just be consistent with the things that Scripture teaches. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You got to be consistent with it. And if God is love, I love how someone came up and literally said, "Well, the problem with your interpretation is that you begin with God is love." What do you want me to begin with? It is the greatest revelation in Scripture that God is love. But apparently, that's a problem because, of course. If I begin with the fact that God is love, you guys know who I'm talking about, YouTuber out there, okay? Um, because the moment that I believe- The name that shall not be named. Okay. <laughs> if I believe that God is love, then it affects everything else that I believe. And I got to find in scripture everything that coincides with that belief, yeah. right? Something contradicts the fact that God is love. I got to question, not what I've been told a million times, but what I'm, what, what really, what is scripture telling me here? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, I, I would say that, uh, this idea also, and I, I throw this back at you guys. If we believe that the soul keeps living, why even care about your spiritual life? Because at the end, okay, at the end, you can fix things once you are later on dead, right. And your soul ends up in purgatory or whatever, mm-hmm. right. I, I think it's a problem. It's a problem I, for us living today. I just think it's interesting that if the soul is immortal, that means that, God cannot destroy your soul, like no matter what he does. Mm-hmm. It's immortal. It's an eternal soul. Like there's nothing he could do to destroy it. I, we are I, on the level of God at that point. I even want to add, add on That's to what crazy. you just said, uh, um, Andrew, because if if we can control that side of, of, of God, right, or at least that final say of God, imagine if God sends us, let's say, let's just say hell exists, okay? And, and when you die, you either go to purgatory or hell. You know, because nobody wants to be in either one of those. But people can either buy you out, they can pray you out, they can give some type of something to someone that can remove you from that. You know what that's also telling me? That God doesn't have the final say. No, that's true. Yes. That, and and that's, that, a that's a problem. And that is very powerful because then at the same time, it removes the power from God and it gives who, who's, who that power. It gives us that power. Oh, which it goes back to what we talked about last week, and it goes right. back to even right. what the serpent told Eve. Right? Did God really say this? You know, does God really have the final word? Does are you really going to die? It's always causing you to question and to yes. doubt God. And you know what? You know what's interesting about this too is that um, we even contradict ourselves in the way we talk about our dead. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is that look, I've you know, as as a pastor, I got to go in and and got, you know got got to attend funeral services. We were just talking about this morning, right before we got on live. And you know, how many times have I seen someone go up and speak about their loved one? They may not have all the truth, and that's fine. 
Um, but they'll go in and they'll say something like, you know, well, now we know you're in a better place. We know you're up in heaven. Watch over us, etc. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the grave and they and they write on the tombstone or they say in words, rest in peace. Now, what is going on here, right? Okay, so are they resting or are they active, right? Is the person it resting like sleep, the way scripture puts it, right? Essentially, you enter into an unconscious rest or are they actually out there and about, okay? And 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 then the problem even extends even further. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just going crazy on this because I'm thinking of all the connections here. Well, the moment that you think that your loved one is out there, aren't you tempted to go and try to communicate with your loved one? And then in trying to communicate with your loved one, we, you know, we don't have time to talk about the witch of Endor, but here we go, right? Oh, I thought we were going to get into that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I want to add, add one more question, one more question to that that you're saying, because because I think you touched something that's very, very true. Okay, so we we believe that, or let's just say, you know, we, we're the type that believe that when we die, we go to heaven, right? Or hell, or they rest, right? Shouldn't our view of death, our response to our loved one dying, it shouldn't be one of despair. Because if they're in heaven, if they're with the angels, hey, praise God that they're with the angels. I no longer have to suffer that they are no longer with us because they are in a better place so that we should be happy. So the way we see death at that moment, the way we see the grave, it shouldn't be the one that we were wailing and screaming and 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 all those responses that we have, right? We're into the we're in depression. We've, we shouldn't because now what should bring us comfort is that the person is no longer suffering. The person's in a better place. They are resting in peace. Mm -hmm. All those things that should bring us comfort, in fact, don't. Because don't, our right. view of, again, what happens after that last breath is, is breathed, it affects the way we even respond to the, the, the dying of, of, of a loved one or a friend. And, and on, top of, on top of that, if, if the, those eternal souls right are, are here just everywhere, then when they die, they're not really in peace because they're still seeing their loved ones suffer in this <laughs> imperfect world. So then what, well, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the resurrection, I mean, uh, you know, the, the second coming of, of God, you know, what makes yeah. that so special if they're already there? You know, well, what, what are we, what are they going to come well, back? Well, like? How do you I, reconcile that? Like, Andrew, Andrew, you know hold on, hold on. I was thinking the exact same thing right now. I was like, wait a minute, but let's just, let's just carry out this thought for a second. So then if I die and I've made it up to heaven, I would be begging Jesus, don't put me back into my body. I don't want to be back in my body. I'm already why, am I, why am I going to be thrown back and then taken back again when I was okay. already here? Okay, but, but, here, but, but here once again, the inconsistencies. And it's a very comforting thought to think that my loved one passed away and they're still out there in a better place, right? But in reality, it takes away the, all, the whole idea of a judgment altogether. Yep. In other words, oh, I got yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of a final judgment if a final judgment has already been made? You're going to heaven. You're going to hell. You know, etc. I it all of a sudden these other bigger things that are in scripture that exist no longer apply to this. They no longer matter. Yeah. Even, even worse, bro. I'll give you another one. Jesus' death on the cross means nothing. How so? How so? If he died for an eternal soul, if we're already eternal. Why? What is he giving us? And he dies well, on the cross. Well, like, may, may, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I, I don't know. And, 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 and what was the purpose? And just that the, the John 3 16, right? Whoever believes in him dies, right? Shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
But if your soul already has eternal life, then there's no point. Yeah, that's that. I, I completely understand what 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 Andrew is saying with with the fact that Jesus dies to give us eternal life. Yeah. And if we now rest with that hope, we don't really need that hope. Then we don't really need that sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I look. Crazy. I I I'm I'm thinking about this, and the more and more you think about it, stick to what Scripture says. If you stick to what scripture says, I think you're going to be fine. Try not to add anything to scripture because that's been the problem, right? We added uh, Greek philosophy, pagan thinking into scripture. We started believing the very first lie. Thou yeah. shall not die. Okay. Mm -hmm. We started believing it. And now what's the problem? Now we got to patch all these holes, theologically speaking. And, and we, ju we just can't, we just can't do it. We, we just mm -hmm. don't know how. Um, of course, people will point out to stuff like the witch of Endor. And, and, you know, we have maybe like about 10, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. And again, everybody that's watching us live, thank you for, for sticking with us. By the way, we want to encourage you. I, this is important that we say this. We want to encourage you that if you can't watch this whole conversation live, it's okay. Come back to it. Not yeah. a problem. You can come back to it. We, we know that the conversations are live, but this is hey, why we man. do them. Yeah. I and, have this problems watching my, this conversation this long. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. You know, if I have, uh, if I see a conversation, I'll watch it in pieces. Now, with this, I'm not saying leave, okay? Don't, like, don't get me wrong, people. We don't want you to leave. But <laughs> if you need to go back to this, that's fine. Go back to it. Share it. Go back. L listen to it on your car. I don't watch it. That's not safe, okay? And we're, we're, we're working on the podcast so you guys can just listen to audio. But all I'm saying is we understand. Like, it, 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 it you know, it, it, it gets there. The point is at the end, okay, um, the Witch of Endor gives this, this interesting example of what happens when we're trying to contact something that does not belong to us, the dead do not belong to us. Mm -hmm. The dead are resting. That is not something that we can contact. And so what happens there in the case of Witch of Ender, for those of you who don't know very quickly, right? Uh, Saul is trying to contact Samuel. Samuel has already died. Saul has banned witches and those who practice necromancy. Necromancy is the, uh, uh, the, the, the contacting of the dead. Um, so he's he's banned all these things, and then he goes and he tries to find Samuel. So for maybe for the last few minutes here, before we enter into the very last point, very briefly, what do we do with that? Did he not see Saul? I mean, did he not see Samuel? Did Saul not see Samuel, the, the Walking Dead? <laughs> That's interesting. Who's going? Who's going first? I think we're all going to. Uh to the bible right now to actually see yeah. what, exactly what he says by and the way again, that's story first samuel 28 just in case if anybody wants to look at it and, and highlight it, it's first samuel chapter 28 says he he did see he did see uh 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 samuel well, but it, well, it, it wasn't it, it it wasn't samuel samuel you know well, it, exactly <laughs> can, 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 can we read this? I think we have to read at least the last portion, not the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll start from like what, verse 12? Um, or, or further, further. Uh, no, you know what? I think, let's see here. Um, I, yeah, I think until verse 12, probably up until verse 14. All right. Probably uh, verse 14, because we don't want to get into the whole story as to what happened, but we just kind of want to get an idea yeah, in, yeah. Con in context. <laughs> in so verse 12 says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me, for you are Saul? And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth, ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle, and Saul perceived that it was Samuel. 
Oh, that's so was, good right there. That line is so good, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah I know. I know. I already saw what you saw. Yeah. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Hmm. The, the most powerful part is what the, that ending part. It says, now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed. Oh, that might, did I read too long? No, keep going. Yeah. yeah read it. Part of, Saul part answered, of I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Uh, you look, I'm throwing my hands up. Can I tell you why I'm throwing my hands up? Because the key to all of this, in my opinion, is the fact that Samuel says, God has departed from me and he's no longer speaking. So whatever is going on at this moment does not come from God. Can we at least agree with that? Yeah. Uh, can, can, I, can, I just, can I just even say add to that? It's it's so I don't know is the word ironic that when Samuel is alive and he tells King Saul that you are rejected, he tells him, uh, what does he say? Uh, rebellion is as the sin of oh, witchcraft. witchcraft. Yeah, 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 yes. And then we have him now coming to a supposed a dead Samuel to a <laughs> witch. That to me is. It blows my mind, and that I think you pointed out perfectly what uh, Mitchell what it says right there. It says, "And Saul perceived that mm-hmm. it was Samuel." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, powerful. That gives you that gives you honestly a, a a glimpse of nothing has really changed, even in in the now with the psychics and mediums, because mm-hmm. for example, when uh, what is it, Jonathan Edwards had that show uh, where he was a medium on on, on TV. Or Edwards, I don't know, maybe it's ne- ne- never saw it, but wasn't it called Medium? Yeah, it was called Medium. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it's the right guy. But but the thing is, is that look at the questions that in verse fourteen says um, he says to her, "What form is he? What form is what form? What what is his form?" Right? And then she says, yeah. "An old man that is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle." Now that could honestly, if you just stop right there, that can be anybody, anybody, anybody. any old man, yeah. you know. But again, it's it's the trickery behind it. You know, it's it's like common uh, psychics or mentalists use now ways to get an answer based out of your response. Because she says this, and what does Samuel do? Samuel perceived that it was, I'm sorry, what does Saul do? He perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his head down and uh, to the ground and bowed down. So he responded to that. So what, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like he let himself be deceived when she mm. was kind of just me- maybe even measuring him because think about it up to this point witches were not allowed in the kingdom they were banned right. and now the king I, i'm pretty sure she was still trying to measure is this real and or is this not and up to yeah. that point she was like i got him and obviously you know we know that the devil used her to to influence him in in, in a horrible horrible way Go can, ahead, I Andrew. So- can i say something that was so powerful right we said that Saul perceived that it was Samuel. The part that gives me goosebumps is verse uh, 19, where it says, Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistine, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistine. Mm. What, you know, if, if we believe what we're talking about here, right, when he's, when he's going to this witch, that this is some kind of demon or some kind of evil spirit that he is communicating with, right? Then when he says that you're going to be with me, you're going to be. That is not going to be in heaven. No, right? <laughs> and that to me sure. it gives me chills because 
it, it, it reminds me of right here, right here. If we say that this is a demon or this is a, a, a evil spirit or whatever speaking yeah. to Saul, then if we see how it's speaking, it's actually saying truth, but then you have it mixed in with lie. With lie. Yeah. What happened? You shall not surely die. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Oh, yeah, it was true that you were going to know good and evil. But what about that? You will not surely die. So yeah. it was, it's in in uh, uh, in line with how Satan would speak and talk. The father of lies would, would work for sure. This. For sure. No, you know what? What's also interesting, too, is that actually, if you read the text closely, um, Saul never sees Samuel or the supposed Samuel. It's the woman who sees Samuel. When when she's describing the form of everything that she sees, right? As Martin says, up until that point, we could say it could have been anybody. And then uh, he says that he perceived that it was Samuel. And so he bows down. He's no longer looking, mm -hmm. right? And all he hears is a voice. And so this is pure deception at, 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 at the highest level. But what's, what, what's happening though? Look, you remember when the disciples uh, were on the boat? And they um, they were waiting for or that Jesus had gone to pray on the other side. And he walks on uh, water. And then he walks on them and walks on water. And as they see him approaching, their minds immediately said, look, that's a ghost. Okay. You can see how consistently throughout the beginning of time, there is the idea of this immortality of the soul. That's that's being that that the influences of paganism are consistently trying to attack the people of God, mm -hmm. right? Saul is the king of Israel, and he falls into this. By the way, very interesting too. If you know anything about Saul and Samuel's relationship, is that Saul was afraid of Samuel. Saul was fearful of Samuel because he knew what Samuel represented. Mm -hmm. And so he was so desperate to get something. And I think that's, that's a lesson there. We have to be careful with these things, especially when we're so desperate, right? To whether contact or live a certain way that goes against what scripture teaches. You run into problems like what he ran into in the witch of Endor. Second yeah. Corinthians eleven thirteen. for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades, as an angel of light, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they can appear however we want to see them. A great controversy says here, he has power to bring before men the appearance of their de of their departed friends. The counterfeit is perfect. The familiar look, the words, the tone are reproduced with marvelous distinctness. Many are comforted with the assurance that their loved ones are enjoying the bliss of heaven and without suspicion of danger, they give ear to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils says when they have been led to believe that the dead actually return to communicate with them satan causes those to appear who went into the grave unprepared they claim to be happy in heaven and even occupy exalted positions there and thus the error is widely taught that no difference is made between the righteous and the wicked the preferred uh, visitants from the worlds of the spirit sometimes utter cautions warnings which prove to be correct then as confidence is gained they present doctrines that directly undermine faith in the scriptures with an appearance of deep interest in the well-being of their friends on earth. They they insinuate the most dangerous errors. The fact that they state some truths and are able at times to foretell future events, it says, 
gives to their statements an appearance of reliability and their false teachings are accepted by the multitudes as readily and believed as in, as implicitly as implicitly as if they were the most sacred truths of the bible yeah hey brother on a side note we need to get you some glasses man yeah, no, I do. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I, can, you, can you guys see me squinting? I, 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 can, I, can. I, I hey, should be wearing glasses. Hey, let's let's wrap this up. But but um, just as as just a very simple detail, which is not a simple, very important detail in Scripture. Jesus dies. We know this on the cross. When he resurrects, he needs to show the disciples that he has resurrected fully. Mm-hmm. And so he says, hey, come and touch right here. Look, look and touch and find out that I am still flesh, which is very important because Jesus could have simply appeared to them as a spirit. But now if he would have appeared to them as a spirit, we would have been in trouble because that's what everyone else has been saying. Mm -hmm. But no, full resurrection is not resurrection in spirit or in spirit-like terms. It is as a soul which means body, mind, mind, and breath of life. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's wrap this up. One final thing, super quick. Uh, each one of us, which is probably in one sentence here. I think we all want to live forever. Or I think hopefully there's that desire. If there is that desire, how then can we be immortal? If we are not immortal now, how can we achieve immortality? See if you can do that in one sentence each. Here we go. Jason, we haven't heard from you in like a while. Let's go, brother. <laughs> Just read your Bible. There, every, the Bible leads to salvation, and salvation is what's going to get you to live forever. Simple. Just like that. Read your Bible. Yeah, just seem simple like that. The, Bi- the Bible points you to Jesus, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very well. Martin, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, it's piggybacking on what Jason said. You know, read your Bible. Well, uh John chapter 11, verse uh, 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the oh, life. Oh, you stole. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm you glad I had a backup just in case. Oh, you, man. But this is, this is Wait, the kicker. Did you, just, did you just say you have a backup backup just in case what? Just no, in I, case? I, just in case he had uh, had this no, verse. No, I, I, I you, more. Oh, oh I, I, have you too. <laughs> hey, I have a backup too. You say that one. I have okay, a backup. So, the full the full text gives you gives you key. You want resurrection. Yes, you want you want life. Uh, he says, "He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live again." This is obviously talking about uh, Lazarus. And and if you want to know exactly how death is, look look at Jesus' own words. He clearly gives you a definition not only of what death is, um, and what death isn't, but more importantly, what you can receive from Him, which is everlasting life. Yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, Andrew. What's I am up? the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, oh. What is it? Or, or I'll, I'll give you another one. Uh, he who wants to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my name's sake hmm. will gain it. You know, um, I, I think that Christians, in a weird way, should understand this concept of YOLO <laughs> and reject that concept of YOLO. Wait, wait, wait hold up, <laughs> Yahweh. Uh, what? No, 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 here we go. Oh, okay. no, 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 you, no, you're not going with the Greek it? or the Hebrew on this you, one. You only live once. But here's the thing. You know, we sometimes use that term to say, oh, you know what? Do whatever you want. You only Seize live the once. Day. Yeah. See, I would say, don't. Don't do whatever you want. Do what is right. 
do what is right. Seek God, right? Uh, seek, uh, read your Bible, as Jason, as Martin has said. Go to Jesus, as Andrew was pointing to right now. Because ultimately, Christ is the way of life. And you get this opportunity, the day that you are living today, to be able to get close to him. We can't, we can't let that pass. Hey, um, I mean, look, this is honestly, we, there's so much to talk about when it comes to this subject, but we want to thank all of you for being part of it. I, I, you guys were quiet today. Everybody that was watching us today, you guys were quiet today. I get it. I understand. Okay. Sometimes it's that type of week, but we hope that you'll be able to join us in other opportunities, be able to give in. Now we do have a conversation coming up in two weeks, although I think not all of us will be there in two weeks. Okay. And, you know, on behalf of the Keep Calm family, uh, we just want to say congratulations to Jason because that's the weekend my brother's getting married right here, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it. So so we understand that he will not be able to join us that Friday. Makes sense, okay? And Jason, we're going to be praying for you and wishing you the best of luck, not on that day, but literally Immortally? Into into immortality because you don't have it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but our next conversation is going to be a good one, guys. It's going to be a good one. This is what we got. I, I and you guys know about this, but this is a revelation to everybody that's watching us right now. We're going a little bit, a little bit intense. We're gonna be talking about creation versus evolution. Ooh. That's coming up in two weeks. I don't know if we're going to be ready for that. We're going to try to get ready for it. We want you to be part of that conversation. But I'll again, try to be a part of it. I'll try yeah. to be a part of it because you guys know that, I, that that's something that I had been wanting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Well, you know, well, look, if you can make it great, if you can't, you know, we, we don't, hey, want, don't get in trouble. That's all yeah, I got to say. We understand. Not for that one. Yeah, but it, it is going to be about, about that. So we just want to make sure we let you know in two weeks, we're going to come back and we're going to have this conversation on creation evolution. Uh, but other than that, we want to thank you for joining us again. Share this video. Let other people know uh, about this conversation. This is an important conversation. People got to hear it. And we hope that it was a blessing. Uh, and uh, Pastor Martin, will you lead us in a final word of prayer? Yeah, let's, uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, Lord, uh, thank you because we can go to your word, Lord, and you can fill us with not only your spirit, but also with knowledge, Lord, that how what what death is what debt what death isn't and what happens after we we give our last breath but more importantly who holds the keys of of death and and eternal life lord and you know we want to just thank you because we can find all those answers in your words help us to always look to the bible look to scripture um in any area in our life that we need answers in, Lord, I pray for everyone that have been listening to us in this uh, this conversation. I pray for those who will be listening throughout the week as well, Lord. I pray that as we understand more and more, um, not only death, not only death, but also understand where we can receive eternal life, Lord, that we can all turn to Jesus as not only the author but the finisher of our faith. That we can know that in His hands is our very existence and it is in his hands is the, the the keys of everlasting life lord help us to believe in you every day help us to enjoy um uh sharing that message with other lord give us a restful night this uh this day lord and we place ourselves in your hands every uh, every day after in jesus name we pray amen 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 uh martin thank you so much for that prayer jason andrew jason we're glad you were able to join us late but but no problem yeah. 
Uh, by the way, I just just because we announced it again, we got people showing some love. Congratulations to Jason. Um, and uh, uh, we got uh, Angie also saying great conversation, Jam. Congratulations, Jason. So there you go, brother. And again, on behalf of us, congratulations in case we don't see you. Yeah, Probably yeah. there's a very good chance the next time we're all together, we got a married man. Everybody's married now in this room. Right? Okay. <laughs> we can't we can't make the, the single jokes anymore. So uh towards Jason. But anyway, did we ever hey, make those? <laughs> I, I, I think a few times. Trouble right there. Anyways, hey, uh once again, thank you for joining us. We were happy that you were part of this conversation, even if you were a little quiet today, but that's okay. But we want to remind you. Look, sometimes things get crazy, especially with these questions of what happens once you're going to die. You know, does your soul keep living? Look, stick to the Bible. You guys already know that. Stick to what Jesus tells you. But whenever you start panicking about that stuff, five words for you, only five. Keep calm and Advent on. You know that's what we're about. Keep looking towards the coming of Jesus. We'll see you next time. God bless. Have a happy Sabbath.